Beard and board. I'm sitting down this week with Chris. Say hi to the people, Chris. Hola. And um, we're gonna be bullshitting about uh, Death Wish, the Death Wish series. There's like six of these movies plus a remake, and they star Charles Bronson. Now, there's some behind-the-scenes stuff that's pretty interesting. There's, uh, it, it's such a quintessential action film of the time. And I kind of miss them in a lot of ways. But uh, trigger warning for anybody that's uncomfortable with some of the content. The main driving force is that at the start of every movie, someone he loves gets raped brutally. And then he has to go out and kill a bunch of people. So if you're uncomfortable with that, uh, I'm not judging you for leaving. It was completely unnecessary (laughs) to the movie. You could have cut it out and it would have been the same movie. But uh, yeah. His poor daughter. Uh, multiple times. So, if you're uncomfortable with that, uh, you can stop here. No one's going to judge you. But, uh, yeah, we're going to start with Death Wish 1, go through to Death Wish 3. Uh, holy fuck. What a series. <laughs> Fucking A, man. Like, just going from the first one, it's just like, you know, like that was just like a good movie. Probably had no, no intention of being a remake. And, like, the second one is kind of it amped up, but going a little more... To way the war, uh, towards the way the word Jesus. Yeah. Towards the way the movies were in the eighties. Yeah. And then by the third one, it's just full on fucking cheese. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger was doing at the time, like total sleeper. I did not like really re- barely remember the movies at all. Better than some of the early Schwarzenegger oh, movies, dude, even. Fucking, it was like, like a full out cowboy scene. Fucking number three had fucking everything like have fucking cool cars explosions like a, a fucking building that was on fire and fell over just like the style in the westerns but he's like screaming as he's getting shot off the roof he fucking pulls out the huge like world war ii machine gun and just laying out people it's oh my god uh you may just have to get like a little bit closer to the the microphone but um I can not your microphone, agree. Tim. <laughs> You're going to learn microphone etiquette if it's the last thing I do. Uh, you were in a fucking band. <laughs> uh, each of these movies, one of the first people to appear on screen of like the four gang members that do the unspeakable deed all turn out to be pretty fucking famous later on or have a huge impact in the movies I love. Number one... We have Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, that kind of blew my mind. I was like, holy shit, he's like a baby there. Like, so young. And just, yeah, the way he, like, moves around. I just, I love the overacting of the fucking, uh, the enemy, or the bad guys, whatever you want to call them. But... <laughs> yeah, dog. I'm like, <laughs> what is it? It's like, almost like street speak, but. Yeah, like the first one, it's poet. totally like the 70s, like, flyboy, like, you know, city guys. <laughs> fucking, oh my God. Yo, Papa, you don't knows nothing about me. <laughs> and then I fucking love how just Sign of the Times, being that the other ones are made in the 80s, that all the bad guys are like punks, and even uh, 
like all in the credits it's like punk one and like street punk and like you know bike punk mm. in one of the uh the hotels that they were shooting in that got torn down like a week after they shot their scenes like that was the one that was full of rats i think in the the second one when they were in la uh there's like punk is dead is spray painted <laughs> yeah. everywhere but like i was looking at like everything around what was happening because you pointed this out to me like just look at the scenery i fucking love it the colors the suits everything is so god-awful like almost to the point of being gross but everything is beautiful in that like everybody has their own unique look Everyone's so fucking uniform now, but like he's walking around in a green corduroy suit jacket. But um, when you're looking down at those guys before he kicks the beer can off and there's like all of these rats everywhere, which there are hundreds of rats, hundreds of real rats they put in there. You can see that they've got them hanging on the inside of the lampshade. And there's just one like me and drops down. <laughs> I lost my friggin' mind. Uh Mom watched uh, the second one and third one with me. The second one starting after the uh, the the incident. <laughs> but, <laughs> but okay, I want to start with number one because I feel like this movie, this was based off of a book and the original intention of the book was that vigilanteism is wrong. To go around killing people is wrong. And then I was reading the reviews and basically, so what happens in the first movie is Jeff Goldblum and his friends follow uh charles bronson's wife and daughter home from the supermarket using their receipt or something like that brutally kill the mom and uh hurt the daughter to the point that she's like a deaf mute and then he's working as an architect and he kind of doesn't seem to affect him like not too much like of course he's sad and stuff but like he doesn't seem like he's breaking shit like he more or less like what can i do but then there's the so, slow spiral as he's mugged again and attacked and uh, some texting guy gives him a gun and he's like, you're a man, you can defend yourself. So he just, he, he has this in the first one. Still a crack shot, by the way, even oh, though he hasn't fuck. touched a gun in forever. <laughs> it's not that I can't defend myself. It's because <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> he promised his mama he wouldn't kill anybody after his dad died in a hunting accident. Which, I, I say these details... Because this is before the time of VHS tapes, but they kept a coherent story throughout the screen, like for the first three, all the way through. The detective shows up in the second one. Like, they don't play down to their audience oh, like no, they're no. idiots. But, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, where was I? He, yeah, okay, so he has this, like, move where he has his coat, jacket, tucked into his pocket but his arm on his gun inside of his jacket and he keeps baiting muggers to like come after him and once they do quick draws the gun and kills him and like but i was reading the reviews and they're like this this is saying that vigilanteism is so good and blah 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 and like either side of it without even realizing that they were parroting exactly the same conversation 50 years ago when the movie was made in the movie as they're making fun of either side and like they're at that rich people party and the lady's like uh, what'd she say she said something like uh oh yeah they say that he's racist because he's only killing black muggers <laughs> he's like what you want you want us to put more white muggers on the street <laughs> but like it's this insane uh conversation of like trying to make it about race when it's not about race trying to make it about this when it's not about that 
And like, there's a great deal of social commentary and it all translates over to today. It's the exact same shit's happening. But like, what we're just watching is this guy who in the, like the final scenes, he's trying to like suicide by mugger after he's been stabbed. And, uh, he like pulls his gun and it jams and manages to get out of there. Like they kick him out of town. Uh, I, I love that. Uh, I love the scene with the, the cop at the end too. It's totally like the old, the old West too. You know, it's like, all right, man, like I, I get what happened, but like get the fuck out of town. He's like, all right. <laughs> By sundown, like that's fucking awesome. Oh, the politics are amazing. Yeah, like by sundown, like the mayor's kicking you out of town. Uh, I realize that you've reduced ca- crime rate by seventy percent, but uh, <laughs> it's time for you to go. <laughs> I love how it took like ten years, but they totally did leave the door open for the series to eventually take off. With the as he's getting into the new town, you know, there's a bunch of hoodlums, you know, roughing up on somebody, and just the point with the the gun like finger motion, like oh shit. That is one of the best endings to any movie I've seen. Like, if you really think about any action movie, like uh, Predator, one of my favorite action films, it just ends with like a montage, like they're on some kind of sitcom where they're smiling at the camera. (laughs) I'll have to go and watch that one again. It's been far too long. Man, it's... Actually, I gotta thank you for starting to do this because honestly, in like... 10 maybe even more years i really haven't sat down and watched a movie like i'll put them on and like go to sleep or whatnot but i have not gone out of my way to watch a movie in in years and now i've been like totally coming home and watching movies after work and shit so they're all cheesy garbage like this but oh man i've i'm not gonna lie it's mostly when i do go to sleep but that uh chick flick cutting edge i've watched that like four times since <laughs> i've got the mgm subscription i can't stop watching it it is it is so bad. I love it. I gotta watch it. That'll be one of our next ones. That and Escape from L.A. We'll do a double. But uh, I I appreciate that because I'm realizing now that if I didn't have a reason to talk about these movies or like a purpose, I would never go back and enjoy them. I would never have watched the Death Wish movies. I'm smiling from ear to ear right now because I just watched them. Yeah, I I love the just like the practical stunts and stuff, but. When uh, watching the first one, I was like, God damn it. I just loved the feeling of, like, the movies from the 70s. And they kind of got that feel up into the early 80s. And so when I was watching the later ones, when I first started the second one, I was like, man, I hope it still, like, kind of looks and feels like the first one. And it, for the most part, did. And then when I started the third one, I was like, all right, I can just already tell it's got that more 80s feel. And holy shit, like, goddamn. I think it'd be interesting because I, I, I have to imagine there's a bunch of undiscovered gems out there that we just never seen. Like, I've, I've always heard about uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown. That is fucking awesome. Roddy Piper totally went why I'd be uh, geared to want to watch it or maybe just give it a pass. But it's it's pretty decent. Like, it's, it's pretty shitty too, but it, like... Falls in line with a lot of those stuff like uh, Ice Pirates and shit like that. Ron Perlman back in the day. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the Hulk Hogan movie where he's a nanny. Oh, those are awful, but I loved, I loved them as a kid. I'd rent it like any time I got the chance. Um, okay, uh, we're getting into number two. And this blew my fucking mind uh, during the, the opening credits. Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin did all of the music for two and three. 
Now that is fucking interesting. I did not even pay attention to the credits on that. Fuck, that's pretty cool. I knew that he did like a shit ton of stuff, just like uh, session work over the years. But man, that's that's a cool little bit of trivia. Yeah, number two. Okay, this is the worst starting, <laughs> the, like the most I horrific starting. I don't know to any why movie. they have to lean so hard on the rape. You know, like, and by the time I got to the third one, I was like, all right, like, finally, all right, everybody's raped and dead, like, doesn't need to be anymore, and, and it takes a little while, but no, there's fucking rape in the third one, and so I'm definitely gonna, gonna watch, watch the last two, but, uh, yeah, apparently there's rape in at least the fourth one anyway, so I don't know why they would leave it out of the fifth one, but, like, Jesus Christ, like, I know it was a simpler time, but you really gotta go back to that well so many times. <laughs> I never thought I'd reach my limit for rape, <laughs> but three movies of just rape. Yeah. Well, I, I think that now that I, I was thinking about it last night, there was not so much rape, but in the 80s and 70s, a lot of sacrificial wives and girlfriends that like, that's the, you, you needed a reason that this likable, awesome hero was going to go on a killing spree. <laughs> And, like, the only reason to do it was that your wife got killed. But there's even, a, I noticed just the total gratuitous nudity. Like, um, I don't know if it's in the second one or the third one, but at one point they're, like, running up the stairs in, like, an apartment. <laughs> and for no reason there's this big-breasted lady sitting. Who <laughs> listening to their headphones? With no top on, with the door open. I was like, this, that just happens. She was so beautiful. <laughs> it was like, you, had to, you just had to capturate them in or, like, when they're gonna rape somebody, they have to run their dress <laughs> open perfectly and hold hold their arm under their boobs so you can see it. It was like, oh my god! All right, like, can you imagine if you go to Hollywood and like the only job you can get is rape victim? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh a little god. house on the prairie, or you could be rape victim. <laughs> uh, okay, so the subtle corruption was cool. Uh, Again, we're getting into the, like more of the divide between the original writer and the guys that are doing like the the screenplay and stuff. The original writer retained the rights for sequels to his books, and they were like, "Hey, so you gonna write us a sequel to this?" And he's like, "Fuck you guys! Like, <laughs> you you're making him out to be like some kind of action hero." Um, and then somebody else came in. I forget uh, who the screenwriter was, but he wrote out the entire movie. And then as soon as the director, Weiner, got a hold of it, he was like, all right, but there's got to be more rape. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie starts out and uh, like, I just got to say it. And again, we gave the warning at the beginning, but like, OK, so his, his daughter in the first movie, it was disturbing what they did. And you didn't really see too much. But what was implied and what you kind of saw and like the spray painting of the ass was it was fucked up. And then in this one, he just gets her out of the menstrual institution and she's still basically catatonic and like completely wrote off. And she's starting to smile again. She's picking out her glass kitten. And then some guys follow them home and take her and to get away from it after like not even before they fucking hurt her again she jumps through a pane glass window after she's raped and onto like a fence that happens to be there and impales herself on it yeah that that was fucking rough and it was like hard to take because you're like fuck they're fucking raping her again but then she like fuck starts putting on your shit and she's like you're like oh fuck she's going for it she's gonna be all right she jumps out the window. You're like, fuck, she, at least she's going to make it, right? 
no. Right down <laughs> the fence. You're like, oh, man. Like, what? It looked like it was right through her spine. She was, like, like broken in half around it. It was terrible. And, the, like, they never addressed what happened to the housekeeper. And basically a week later, his girlfriend is like, you're, you seem pretty distant. What's going on with you? Why Why you seem sad? Where are you at night? Yeah, I love how he fucking goes and, like, rents a room at one of those, like, men's hotels and all that and just dresses all shabby to, like, you know, put people off his scent or whatnot. Like, I just think that's fucking cool. Oh, yeah. That was pretty cool. Well, and that's something that I've noticed through the three movies is that there's a definite level of intelligence they're giving this character where... Other movies, it's just like, yeah, he's a Green Beret. And you never really learn about how they got their skills. But, yeah. like, this dude is an architect. He went through Vietnam as a uh, conscientious objector, so yeah. he wasn't a fighter. But, like, the man is smart. And, like, he pays attention to stuff. And he does some serious detective work. Like, he's not just running and gunning all the time. But uh, oh, one of the rapists in this was Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> oh no, he was yeah, he was in this one. He was the guy with the weird pink glasses, the guy from the Matrix. <laughs> oh shit, was he still going by Larry Fishburne then? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I, remember, I remember seeing him. I had a movie I was watching back in the day with a buddy of mine, and we noticed that it came. I was like, oh, I guess he wasn't quite as fancy then yet. Hadn't hit his braid. Uh, but yeah, you definitely uh, see his character change though, from like the first one where like. He's pretty hesitant to kill people, but you say at the end there, he's like, kind kind of see him. He's enjoying you know, snap. it. Snap, and then by the second one, yeah, he totally doesn't have much of a problem with it. By the third one, he's going out killing two people in broad daylight and going back to cabbage soup with the neighbors. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that scene was pretty badass. Oh my god, yeah, I forgot in the first one he puked after his first kill. Yeah, yeah, it was like all shaking when he was having a drink. That was something I noticed too. Just bygone era. Like, everybody used to have, like, a bar with fancy, you know, glassware and fucking decanters and shit like that. Now you might still have, you know, a cabinet or something like that, but... I have six warm Michelob Ultras in a cupboard. <laughs> it's not the same. Yeah, no, you don't have an ice bucket to offer me a, you know, Roy Rogers or whatever. I know that's not even an alcoholic drink, but... Well... Okay, that leads into an interesting conversation for me that I've I've had with people a few times. I may even berated you with it, but like, uh, this is weird for me to just have friends over, and I don't see a lot of people just doing it. I think some guys on our team do it, like uh, Miles and Rick. They're they're from a different mindset. Like they'll just have a group of people show up in their garage and stuff, but. I don't think people just go over to other people's houses anymore. Yeah, it's definitely more of a, a bygone era thing. I think a lot of it is, too, that, uh, like, half of us either live in fucking apartments or, you know, don't have the fucking space or garage, too, anymore. Well, and, like, $60 for a case of beer. <laughs> like, like, what kind of beer are you drinking, you rich? You <laughs> Coors <laughs> Light. <laughs> la dee da well, I, if the mountains aren't blue, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just weird because like the way that I picture, it, I've talked to mom a few times about like, what would you do on a Friday night? Because you had three channels. Like we all go over to somebody's house. Like we'd have beers and smoke cigarettes and talk and laugh and play cards and stuff. But that just, it, it hasn't been a thing in so long because I've been trained that like, well, you got to save your money. 
can't go out every weekend. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it totally falls in uh, friend circles and shit more. But they're definitely just... There's so much more at our disposal now, too. Like, not just with having Netflix or video game at home. Or, like, now with Amazon, you can fucking... Or, you know, internet shopping. You can get anything you want, so you don't really have to go out. And you can get all your hobby shit. And just... Yeah, a lot of people probably just rather stay home and play with their toys or fucking you know whatever 60 dollars for a case of beer or 50 or what whatever if you're drinking your lucky lager is 45 um not to disparage lucky lager we're a fan of the show it's terrible uh it's not the worst it's cheap i've drank a lot of it lucky lager is great after six beers like six good beers and then I've, you get into lucky i miss all the like crazy ass cheap beer brands you can get out in Alberta and like Quebec's got some pretty gnarly like super strong beer and shit but man there's just like Alberta genuine draft I've seen out here but it's like it's not as cheap there's another couple brands I can't think of right now like Boxer Beer is another one you can get like it's like 30 cans for like $27 it's just like so fucking dirty (laughs) I remember when Bravo was close to a buck of beer that was great oh I forgot about that uh well, yeah, and then, like, the drinking and driving laws, which I'm not going to publicly say reducing the drinking and driving problem, but, you know, if you, if a 250-pound guy can't have three beers and then drive home without risking his license, I'm not going over to someone's house to have an evening and come back. Maybe that says, like, I should be able to go over to someone's house and have an evening without getting intoxicated, but it's not the way I'm built. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so back on track. Uh, f- some interesting facts about uh, two. The they decided they wanted to shoot in like the seediest parts of L.A., so they used a lot of the actual bikers and gang members to like fill out the the backgrounds nice. and the Harry Krishnas. But they had to hire twenty LAPD officers to protect the cast and crew at all times. <laughs> that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It was neat. It's totally um like done overdone a little on the third one for especially but like fucking new york like back in the 70s like it really was like that dangerous and gritty like you were literally taking your life in your hands when you went out on the street like new york's like all cool and like a place to visit now and shit but man like we forget or like don't think about how safe we are in society now like there's cameras and like cell phones and shit everywhere like Back in the 1970s, like, you could literally just, like, stab somebody in an alleyway and walk away. And, like, there was a 75% chance you were going to get away with it. Yep. Like, it was just, it was crazy. We, we live such a safe, sheltered life now. It's, it's unreal. It's pretty can't Im- fathom what it, how dangerous life actually used to be. Even 30 years ago. Like, not even going back a couple hundred years ago to, like, Attila the Hun was, like, <laughs> mowing down enough people that, like, when armies were chasing them, they thought they were snow-capped mountains. But it was just rotten bones in the distance. But, like, yeah. And, like, the amount of corruption is so oh, far down. Or, yeah, you just, like, even to, like, trail off, you think about, like, how prisons used to be 30 years ago. Or, like, fucking, just, like, detention centers for, like, kids and all that. Or mental institutions. Like, oh, my God. Like, man, you could just, like, you know, just, like, beat and rape people on the reg. And, like, because there was, like, no accountability for it. Nothing really got read down or said about it back in the day. Or, like, 
You could just, like, if you're a prison guard, you could just, like, kill somebody back in the day, and they would just, like, send a letter from the infirmary to your uh, to your parents or whatever, be like, oh, you died in prison. Like, that was it. Like, it's yeah. crazy. There was no accountability for anything. Yeah. We've come a long, long way. And, like, I'm, there is a lot of room for improvement. I think we got it pretty fucking good in Canada right now. Like, our cops, by and large, are pretty fucking decent. Yeah. Like, I... I haven't met too many people that like rail against them other than the people like constantly speed everywhere and they're like, they're always fucking after me. I don't know. Drive the limit or 10 over. That's the rule, right? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like, <laughs> I, I definitely pick and choose the laws that I choose to follow, but like, you know, I like victimless crimes <laughs> and shit, whatever. But yeah, I, I don't know. I've never really had a problem. And then the like few times in my life where I've like ran into a problem or whatnot, they were there or like, you know. I, it sucks that I guess now the generations like kind of because of society like don't get to grow up looking at police officers the way we did like the good guys like I don't know just like going in the school they're like police officers were like heroes you know they were the good guys you know like fucking you saw a police car you're like oh sweet a police officer you're not like oh you know like you're mean to black people like my knee jerk reaction whenever I see a cop is outright fear I don't know why. I've never had a bad interaction with the cops. I'm just so afraid of them. I was so awkward and unfairly weird to my neighbor for like the first six months once I found out she was a cop. And I still say weird shit. Like the one day she was helping me uh, like shovel the driveways. And when, she, what'd she say? She, there was the guy, the snowplow coming down the road, going to push a big pile up. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. We should bribe him. Can you get rid of parking tickets? And she's like, no, I can't. I'm like, I just want to be like that. Was, that was a joke, and it wasn't for me. It was about this. <laughs> oh man, that's fucking awesome. All that woman's ever done is try to be cool to me, and I'm just so weird around her. Oh yeah, I, t- I totally, uh, I get that like weird fucking change of temperature sensation. Fucking go numb whenever I see a cop, and yeah, for the most part, I'm never doing anything wrong. But yeah, I'm like afraid of them because like. I don't know. And not like afraid that I'm going to get like beat up or anything like that. Or yeah, yeah it's an, it's unknown know. fear. Like it's just, they have all the authority. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, like I've never hassled them. I've never, they, yeah. The amount of times cops have probably come to my rent, like rescue when I'm in like a shady part of town and they're just around. It become, it's probably a great time to become a police officer though, just because of all the protests and shit and just the way the like, economic fucking landscape is going they're probably gonna want a lot more police officers and uh if shit does get worse the police don't have to follow the rules so it'd be it'd be all right you know yeah well and you know what the we were talking about the lack of corruption the vast majority of them still follow the rules even if they're told not to (laughs) (laughs) Uh, fucking that's not a terrible idea to become a cop no i think yeah especially like if the if Canada goes to shit, like government officials, army, police, like you're you're gonna be pretty good. So you and your family. I'd want to get in the canine unit. Oh man, that'd be cool. Right? Or a fucking like one of the horse riding ones. Yeah, that'd be alright. Get to like trample people. Russia shit, cuts off all our gas. That's all we're gonna have. God, <laughs> that'd actually be pretty cool though. I'd like to have a horse. Like having a vehicle, that's alright, but it'd be pretty sweet to have a horse. Horse accidents gotta suck though, because I mean car accidents are bad enough. Could you imagine a horse accident? Like, just... 
<laughs> shoot your car <laughs> uh death wish 3 this is the movie that uh, i think we really need to get into it's the freshest in my mind i'm trying to think if there's anything else we need to talk about too the fucking new york cop showing up in la was pretty awesome and too just because he's like super new york still <laughs> and he's like just walking up to random people on the street and they're like follow that car <laughs> The fucking shootout was was pretty awesome, though. It was giving you a little bit of taste of what you were going to see in 3. You're right. It's such a good build-up. And then 3, he's definitely transitioned into a full-out traveling fucking gunslinger. Yeah, fucking... I love to... He's already got to be, like, fucking, like, 60 years old at this point. And I love, too, how such a... Sign of Times 2... Before he hooks up with the old lady, they have, like, a super fake stage kiss. And then it goes right to her, like, laying in bed with the blanket over her. He's he's getting the fucking shirt on. (laughs) The public defender. Oh, my God. Her death was insane. Uh, So, Death Wish 3. A lot less rape in this movie. Still present. Uh, He saves this girl twice before she gets caught. um, And she dies of a broken arm. (laughs) Yeah, blood clot released. But uh, the bad guy in this, like, so like you're straight up '80s punks uh, as the bad guys. They oh, the have reverse like, mohawk is pretty awesome. You don't see that too. too that's what that was. I was trying to figure it out. They got like war paint on their their faces that is like some kind of weird symbol, and they're all like dressed up the same. Uh, they're harassing like a building of old folks in a uh, old New York uh, district, and he pretty much gets licensed to kill by the police chief. Oh my god! You notice the ceilings in the the fucking apartment building? They had to be like, like ten fucking, feet high. Yeah, I was like, holy shit! Like that's a pretty badass apartment. That's one thing. I, it sucks that like all the really old buildings are like going away, or just there's so many more new ones that have been built. But fuck, just the architecture. I used to love the way buildings look, or I like how. Uh, all the electricity shit it used to be like exposed but like covered with like that pipe you know like it's, i don't know I don't, everything's all too clean stuff yeah me. I, don't like it. I like the old brick buildings like if you go for a walk down uh, by the waterfront here they like all of a sudden you get into the houses that were here before everything was built up and they're fucking gorgeous there's stained glass on the second floor some of them and above uh all the fancy like shops downtown there's a shit ton of apartments and lofts that are back up there i've been in a, a bunch of them are really cool you can only access them by the old school like fucking fire escapes so there's a lot of them they're like pretty gnarly like when you're drunk like fucking have to navigate like 60 70 fucking steps up these rickety ass ones but there's a bunch of them they're just wicked fucking huge ass lofts and crazy fucking out of nowhere, there'll be like four apart, tiny apartments up in the top one of these buildings. That's a lot cool. of fucking CD people there. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, man, one day you and me gotta like do a, a couple of scenes from like a Death Wish. <laughs> fuck yeah. We'll just do our own version of it. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. And like, there's like all the fucking junkies and crackheads downtown. We could totally hit. I give you twenty bucks if you like do a cartwheel and fall down those stairs. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Hey, punks, what are you doing in my streets? Huh? <laughs> uh, Jimmy Page again does all the music for this movie. One of the first punks is Ted from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, which made me so fucking happy. Fucking a! I did not even catch that. Was 
I, I just always look for the first rapist because that's <laughs> going to be the famous guy. <laughs> Somehow, yeah, they, that's they the key say, to success. They say that. It's like if you you know you made it when you rape somebody in Charles Bronson. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, key to fame. Though. This movie, like you said, you you started talking about it at the beginning of this episode, is so eighties action. But it, it, it seems to have acknowledged all of the old Western stuntmen, like we were talking about at work. And I was looking for it because you mentioned it, but like, I was just so fucking excited. I was cheering. And like, uh, when there's this big shootout scene at the end, guys are like falling off of four story buildings, but doing like, ah! <laughs> and they're like, they're obviously tossing dummies at certain points onto like cop cars. Like, the ending scene of this is so fucking chaotic. There's there's a three-way battle. There's just citizens setting up, like, chains to uh, choke out uh, yeah, <laughs> motorcyclists. I even, I even love how, too, that, like, when they're, they're, like, gearing up scene, they're getting all the guns and shit ready, and Buddy's even like, I just got my zip gun. He's like, oh, it's good to take out a few. And then, fucking sure enough, there's, like, Kersey's, like, somebody's got him right in his... Uh, like right in his sign, he's just about to shoot him. He's like, "Hey, Kersey, look out!" And like from this zip gun, firing from the hip, somehow he gets this guy in one shot out of the window. Buddy like falls out. I love how too that they're like total stereotypical and like what they would like make fun of in the spoof movies is like the enemies can't hit for shit. <laughs> he's like ten feet away in the open, and they're like firing all these shots, and they can't hit him. He like runs away. Goes to a wall, like, one shot, kills a guy. Like, ugh, I, I love it. I just, he runs out how... in the open, sits down, and then aims to shoot. <laughs> yeah, number three is, like, awesome for, like, just how ridiculously, like, like fake all the scenes are. Like, I love it. It just, like, makes, like, no goddamn sense. And then every once in a while, though, like, they, they did something that a lot of those other movies didn't do. He'd, like, pull up his shirt, and you would see three bullets in his bulletproof vest, and he'd just pull down his shirt and keep going. A 60-year-old man that was just shot three times keeps oh, jogging. Man. I guess Kenny, believe I forgot to talk about the ending in fucking 2 was fucking crazy. We're buddy all high up on the PCP, and it fucking goes <gasps> yeah. crazy. But then I was thinking, or like, uh... That's oh, where he, just, he like, kills him in the mental the hospital yeah. and shit. And like again, how safe of a time it was. Like, cause yeah, back then, it w- would have literally been not easy to fake your way in a hospital because like you could have just xeroxed yourself a name tag and you could have just walked into a building and like even just thinking about today in like hospitals, like you could probably still get away with that. There's like hundreds of doctors in it. Fucking if you were in a white coat, had a fucking shit that looked all good, and you were just like, oh hey nurses, I'm just new on floor three or whatnot you could totally do that but getting into that he has that crazy ass battle with the the dude that fucked up his daughter and shit kills him gets stabbed a bunch of times in the chest and shit still manages to kick this dude's ass puts him into the electroshock machine he's sitting there all bloody as shit and the orderly who let him in it's like uh fucking like what happened here and fucking he's like yeah a guy raped and killed my daughter and he's like I know. I read about it in the newspaper. I'll give you three minutes to leave. It's like, <laughs> fucking A. It's like, they did like almost the exact same as the first movie, but like a little different. But I just, I love how they're like, yeah, you killed the shit out of a bunch of people, but somebody killed your daughter and your love. So yeah, by all means, go out and kill people. 
th- that ending scene also showed how smart Kersey was. Like, I really, really enjoy character development in movies. And that's where you see, like, even in bad movies, you can, like, find really good writing. Because he's standing there when he comes up, like, he's faked the uh, badge, like you said. He worked on it, worked on it. And then he gets to the, uh, he's been casing the hospital for months, it seems like, when he proposes. But when he gets up there, he listens to the uh, the orderly tell the nurse the code. He watches the orderly punch the code in. So he knows that the code is 3600. And then, like, as he's walking out, the orderly goes to tell him the code. And he's like, yeah, I know. 3600. <laughs> <laughs> just walks out. Like, it shows that like, this guy is fucking smart. It's not just some meathead. Yeah, it's weird to, like, I guess we don't... It's not even that we look on shit back and think it was better but like yeah the writing even in the movies that we would like associate be like shit movies the writing was actually really good compared to a lot of shit that they pay a hundred million dollars to make now oh, like all God. the scenes and all that but like yeah like it was over the top and maybe not everything like works like physics and all that but like it was like fucking you know a coherent story and all that and I don't know. coherent story that's absolutely it there there's something to be said if you could take that writing and that movie and an editor from today to like just change the pace of it a little bit. Uh, hopefully, the movie wouldn't be lost because like it was. It's a long movie, but that was all you had to do on a Saturday afternoon in 1978. But um, God, oh my God, did you know? I I, I don't know if this is uh, if I noticed something that wasn't there or not. But were they taking a pot shot at Dirty Harry when he pulls out? He's got, like, this elephant gun. I was totally wondering, too. Yeah, I totally love the montage of how they're, like, building all the bullets for that later. But, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, that was totally... That Is was this a... Oh, yeah, because they were like, oh, that's not a forty-four Magnum? And he was like, no, this is a blah, blah, blah <laughs> millimeter. It's stronger than a Magnum. You can take down an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> The fucking okay, so I I don't know if we've been jumping around too much for Death Wish Street, but like he's trying to help out his buddy. His buddy gets killed. Then he's helping a building of old people, and he's run afoul of this gang, and he's slowly hunting them down. And it comes up to this like big dramatic fucking three way battle between the cops, the bad guys who call in reinforcements from what seems like neo Nazis, <laughs> and like the old folks that are setting up like trap doors and stuff. But also at the same time, like it's like you said it home alone and I was like, Oh, it is home alone. <laughs> oh, I know. I got so stoked when I seen him starting to set up the like booby traps. Like at first it was like all the nails through the boards and I was like, Alright, maybe this would be alright. But then he like sets up the like spring loaded board to like hit people in the face. So like first off, buddy just gets hit with it and he like pulls it back and you can see these things sticking in the old lady's like, Oh, what are those? And he's like, Oh, that's pretty badass but then later on in the movie same fucking trick but he gets a knife in the head from the board but i just love how that like like yeah they've had like a rough go and all that and like people are stealing their groceries and like rough them up and like cat calling them but He's like straight up fucking murdering people and they're just like yeah go, go get them. <laughs> oh and i even love uh i'm pretty sure it's in the third one there's a uh, yeah, it is. Seeing, I think they're, it's one of the times you're taking groceries away from the people. He just, like, walks up and, like, punches the guy. And the little kid's like, yeah, you go, man. Like, 
All right. <laughs> <laughs> there was one scene where when he was getting the ice cream and uh, he, he throws, throws one to the kid. Yeah. But like it was all ADR. So like the kid didn't say anything when they're actually filming, but they put in <laughs> later on. Right on. <laughs> it sounded like a grown man. <laughs> oh, my God. But like it, it, there's still the difference between this series and other series of the time is like when the guy is going on the killing spree uh, for Death Wish, there's still consequences to the people that are fighting back. Usually, it's just a victory. It's like they're Ewoks. Yeah. They're untouchable. But for this, like, it, like they'll take somebody down or shoot somebody with a shotgun and then the fucking gang members come in with a Molotov cocktail and blow up their entire apartment and they run out on fire. It's like, yeah, you're fighting back. We're going to fucking kill you. And he's kind of like... Uh... He like Bruce Willis is and like diehards himself over the series. He just gets like more fucked up and like the first one he gets he gets like, you know, a uh, little bit damaged at the end, fucking bleeding and shit like that. The second one he gets pretty fucked up. Oh, the yeah. third one he gets right right fucked up. Um the the one the greatest mystery to me, I like kept asking mom about it. I'm like, what happened? Because he saved a few women along the way. Uh there was the one at the van. There yeah. was the the Latina lady she he yeah, said. I love how Two in the third one, they're like all uh, so pro vigilante. Like they're like, I didn't see who got him. What were you, what are you guys doing? Writing tickets and all that. <laughs> yeah, he was a twenty year old blonde man. <laughs> yeah, he did a club foot. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and then where was it? It was like okay, it's in the final battle scene. There's like this whole huge shootout going out, and there's this lady in a pink top who again is getting carried off by the. The, the guys and so he runs after them to try to save this lady and then she just disappears as he gets embroiled into another gunfight but she's never seen again i'm like what happened to the lady man yeah. did she just get like sex trafficked like what happened i hate that they leave you yeah. <laughs> hanging on that one but uh yeah oh, so many cops die <laughs> like they they're just basically there's one scene where they're driving and they've just got their guns at the window shooting people as they're just driving through to cops doing a drive-by there's the one scene too where they're like uh the cops come in and they like stop the car both of them get out start shooting and again like cops are just like shooting like crazy but not hitting anything and then both the cops die and then the car blows up like i, I love all the car explosions there's a ton of them in number three Oh, oh yeah, I was bugging mom about that because I was like the the public public defender, the lady that comes in halfway through the movie that you uh, mentioned, like he sleeps with, and then she just automatically dies. Like the the bad gang member comes up, smashes her in the head, so she goes unconscious, and then they just put the car in neutral and roll it down a hill, and it gets into a slight fender bender, and then fucking both cars explode. I'm like, how explosive were cars when you were a kid, man? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I fucking. God damn it, I love the movies. <laughs> yeah, I just, I love the over-the-topness that we, like, lost. It's like, everything has to be, like, so real now. It's like, I don't know if we, like, bitched about it so much, everything. But, like, that was the whole point. Like, they were movies. They are supposed to be over-the-top. Like, we know that, like, a revolver doesn't have 37 shots in it, you know? Like, we don't care. It's fucking cool. I just want to see, like, roundhouse kicks and, like, big biceps and fast cars and pretty girls and gratuitous boobs. Oh, yeah, something I did notice comparatively to the movies that, like, even up into, say, the mid-'80s compared to, like, the movies that we grew up with, like, the 90s and all that, 
a lot of full frontal nudity. Yeah. Like it was like it just, it was they, just they kind of took it away. Like it was like shocking. Like when we would see a movie like in uh, the nineties or whatnot, even the two thousands, when you would see like full frontal nudity, it was like you were seeing bushes all over the place in seventies movies. Like man, and maybe it's because they could cover stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think part of what happened, and this is just me making shit up, basically from what I vaguely remember, is that the standards uh came in like the the rating system so to get a movie through you could like swear a little bit or you could kill a hundred (laughs) people and it would be like that's pg-13 you show a set of boobs and they're like "Mm, that's pg-18 or r (laughs) so like to the the studios had to roll back all of that stuff to get their movies through but it just seems like a weird thing to put on kids is like killing is fine, titties. That's adult, man. <laughs> you wonder too if like maybe that's what like uh, just old timey Hollywood producers and shit. If that's the reason why they're great. like I wonder if they like brought them the script like oh we got a great movie they're like ah speak good if I had a little more rape in it you see. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, the chickens are coming home to roost now, but they could identify more with the rapey movies. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. We just, we just had a little scene here. Yeah. Um, okay, we got to talk about the ending, ending of this movie. There's this final battle where the police chief and Charles Bronson are basically running through the streets. And it is like a shot-for-shot cowboy movie as they're like on one knee shooting up into the third story. It's fucking absolutely amazing. Then they get back to his apartment to reload. And the bad guy shows up. How fucking awesome was this? (laughs) Too goddamn good. They're like... I thought that like... I knew the body count in this movie was going to be like pretty good. But when it was at like 30 people he had killed like 20 minutes in, it was like, holy shit, like this... The absolute amount of carnage in this movie is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. So he, I'm. It's implied to me that because he has this post office box and he keeps getting these packages of guns, like he must have some sources outside of here. And like even the police chief's like, "Yeah, I'm following you." And like wherever you show up, bunch of people die. And he's like, "I got the articles," but uh, he's he gets shipped a. Grenade launcher, which I thought was a mortar because this thing was so huge. And he's like, Yeah, it's only good if I can get them grouped together. And uh, <laughs> so they're reloading. The bad guy comes in. There's this like fucking standoff. And then I forget how he manages to pull out the grenade launcher, but he fucking grenade launches the big bad guy through a window. And, like, somehow all the punks now know he's dead. Like, they're psychically connected. And it just ends. Movie logic says fine. I'm fine with it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm actually, like, uh, I'm, I'm kind of a little bummed I didn't uh, get around to watching number four yet. And I know I'm going to be let down by number five. But I'll watch it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited for number four. I, I really want to see where this goes. And uh, just... I. Like the YouTube thing, I noticed that there was another Carnage counter for number four, so it's definitely got to be right up there with the kills. And still, one through three aren't the ones that I remember having on VHS as a kid, so I'm thinking it's got to be four. So hopefully, That's number awesome. four is totally going to jog my memory when I watch it. I fucking love when 
Yeah, that happens. Like, you watch a movie they haven't watched in a long time, and you're like, I oh, maybe remember, like, one or two scenes, but as you're watching it, like, just you all of a sudden remember it again. So I'm hoping that happens. I'm, I'm really hoping, uh, I'm figuring sign of the times it should be less rapey. So, but yeah, I, I know there's, 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 there's definitely some rape. Yeah. At least a smidgen of rape. Uh, when we do our remake, I think we can cut that out. I, I really don't want to shoot that scene with you. <laughs> Come here, college boy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you'd enjoy it. Uh, well, we'll see. <laughs> uh, we'll shoot it, and then we'll see how we feel about it. Yeah, we'll shoot it. We just won't use it. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. Oh, my God. Is there anything else we need to cover from the uh, the Death Wish movies? Uh, oh, fuck. I don't know. Just that they are... Totally uh, slept on because, like, you know, with the Arnolds and all that, just a couple years too early, I think. It's like, fuck, he was like 50 at the time. Like, that shit really took off. Totally gonna have to look into some of the other ones. Like, uh, I seen MGM's got all the American Ninjas on there. Like, I kind of oh, vaguely nice. remember watching that as a kid, too. And yeah, I'm totally, I, I'm getting right back in the old action movies. I'm gonna have to get this MGM subscription, too. I rented the two last night. And I was like, yeah, but because I just don't want another subscription, but I'm going to have to, uh, if not for nothing, you told me that Chuck Norris movies are on there. Oh, dude, there's like so many good movies. There's the missing in actions for sure. And there's like the Delta force on there. I know there was a handful of Stallone movies. There was the, just like fucking shit tons of just awesome. But even the film Ted's were on there. Like nice. MGM did so many fucking, a lot of movies that I remember from the time. It would have been 25 years probably since I've seen a fucking uh, Chuck Norris movie. Like I probably would have was less than 10 years old. Yeah, there was, there was some good it's ones. There was long. some shit ones too. He was pretty old by that time too. And so like forget that like he was like making movies like Bruce Lee and shit. Yeah. He well, still looked good when he was in Dodgeball. <laughs> yeah, fucking Chuck Norris. <laughs> yeah, I fucking still love fucking that Steven Seagal as much of a jackass as he is and how he's the best at everything and everybody sucks that when he was asking about if these other action stars could kick his ass he was like totally dismissive but when they stopped on chuck norris he like had to fucking <laughs> think about it for a second well chuck norris is 74 <laughs> i like the idea that like maybe chuck norris has threatened him in the past uh god it sucks that like the chuck norris jokes like came they were like so big for like a decade and then they just disappeared. It's like nobody, nobody fears Chuck Norris anymore for some reason. Like, I mean, I guess he is old and mortal and he's going to die, but there was a while there that you, you couldn't go very long without hearing a Chuck Norris joke. Yeah. But I, I feel like people, do you think many people know Chuck Norris anymore? I mean, no, probably not. Can we bring Chuck Norris back to, to the people? I I really think that we need to just bring back some like old school fucking action movies like practically film stunts. I wonder if like like you figure it's got to hit that point now where it can't be any cheaper to like have all the people and CGI. It's just like I guess even if you're like just like contracting out to firms and all that, they're like doing it all for you like is it like the insurance that costs that much to do that or like whatnot? But I mean, like, 
like we still seeing that like stuntmen could die and all that and like people don't care about them so like it can't be that bad like we need more we need more crazy ass car stunts like well and we need to start toning down movies and this is an argument i get in with people because they're like yeah you know like i'm like the marvel movies suck and they're like they spent two billion dollars on making it and they made 80 billion i'm like that doesn't make it a fucking good movie that's great marketing and like the first iron man movie was fantastic because there was practical effects a coherent story and it wasn't a fucking trailer for the next movie we need to get back to that for action movies where it's like an hour and 20 minutes beginning middle and end well written commando go off of fucking commando a couple of cheesy lines it, it is one of the most perfect movies out there fucking perfect fucking product placement though in uh, number three like you're saying when he's baiting people to like come and get him he like goes to the stop shop and like swings this Nikon camera over the back of his shoulder. I was like, "Oh, that's sly." <laughs> I was hoping there was a bomb in there so badly. Like when the guy runs away, just. Boop, I love boop. how I think. Uh, I think it's in the third one as well too. He goes and buys himself like brand Cadillac. new like Chrysler or something like that. Fucking uh, parks it out there, and they're all like fucking taking apart. And he's like, "Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> it's my car." I fucking can't help I'm doing your accent now because yeah it is a pretty good Charles Bronson fucking it's totally how he talks like I didn't realize I knew how to do it until I remembered like I only know Charles Bronson from the Simpsons <laughs> making fun of Charles Bronson <laughs> but, yeah, he totally but then yeah hey, I, I love doing? that scene though he totally goes and shoots him and then goes back to having cabbage dinner with the old, the old <laughs> oh my god Fucking great movies, but yeah, I'm I'm totally looking forward to uh, four. I know we'll have to watch. Uh, what was the movie you're saying you wanted to do? Uh, Escape from L.A. and Escape from oh. New York. Yeah, those are good. We'll definitely have to do that. Yeah. Well, and look forward that on uh, to that on another uh, episode of Beard and Board. Uh, if you want to reach out and let us know of anything we missed in the Death Wish movies, uh, you can email us at beardandboard at gmail.com. You can uh, find our shitty commercials on uh, Instagram at uh, Beard and Board or Couch Critics Canada. If you want to see more movie reviews and pop, pop culture stuff, you can check out our sister channel, uh, Couch Critics Canada. It sounded like I forgot it for a second. I was just trying to get there, but... Uh, I think I managed. I think I managed. All right, bye.